Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way. And we are back. We are here again with another NACA show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you Nacolodians out there in NACA land. I am Angie Annette Tipido, host of the American Dream uh, NACA program. And we are so happy that you have taken the time to join us today. This is the, the show where you get all of your NACA questions answered from qualification to house shopping, from home assistance, rental assistance, mortgage assistance, and, and more. This is the show where you go to find everything you're looking for right here on American on the NACA American Dream program. So we are happy to have you here today. And guess what? Today, we are happy to say that our interest rate for a 30-year fix uh, fixed rate is a 4.5% interest rate. And on a 15-year fixed rate, it is 3.75. And I know what you're saying, the interest rates are going up, but guess what? NACA is still the best of the best and the best out there in the industry because only here at NACA can you go and come to get qualified and then buy down your interest rate. And we're going to tell you how to do all of that today and more right here on NACA's American Dream Program. And guess what? We have a beautiful guest here today. We are gracing, gracing us with their beautiful presence. It's one of many uh, NACA regional directors here. We have Amaryllis Wise, who is based out of Chicago, and Amaryllis is joining us here today. Amaryllis, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hi, Andy. Very, very happy to be here, you know, to Good. share any information that our people need to hear from us, right? And ready for absolutely. any question from then and you know i'm absolutely. in chicago absolutely and she's representing chi yeah that's the one <laughs> <laughs> but she handles a lot of regions and things like that amarellas what regions do you handle? absolutely i i i am in minneapolis minnesota wisconsin milwaukee St. Louis and Kansas City, like Cedric says, Kansas City, <laughs> and yes. also Memphis and Tennessee. So anybody from Tennessee as well, uh, Colorado, Denver, Denver, Colorado. And you know what? I have Las Vegas now. So oh, you do have Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I do have Las Vegas, Nevada. Congratulations. So, you know, by the way, every if anybody from any other state, we all are ready to answer the question because you know NACA program has the same uh, time of term for everybody in any state. So absolutely. So what Amarella is, is has graciously doing, she's not just here to answer for those regions; she's here to answer for all the regions. Exactly. Uh, and we do know that NACA is operating in all the states and in, in the U.S. So we there is not a territory that we cannot uh, exert our privilege and and allow people to. Be become homeowners and make that dream of owning a home a real reality. Manifested. This is Manifested Monday. Ooh, Damien missed yes. that one. This is <laughs> Manifested Monday where we're making all those dreams come true, where people can realize their dream of owning a home. And speaking of Chicago, we got some interesting things coming up. 
Uh, we have some, we have an uh, American Dream, the NACA Expo that is happening. And if you go to our website at www.naca.com, you can see not only the Miami event that we're coming to, we are coming to a Miami, everybody. We heard your cry. We heard the call. We answer. We're literally answering the request to come out to Miami and make this, this program affordable and make this program accessible to those who are going to come face to face. And that means you're going to walk into the Miami Beach Convention Center at 1901 um, uh, Convention Center Drive, and you're going to go right to your counselor, get counseled and qualified same day. That's right. The same day. We will be in Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center from May 12th through May 15th. So we will be there for four days. That's the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. For four days, we will be in Miami. Check us out at www.naca.com for more locations. And you're going to click on the upcoming events because once you do, you will find out that not only will we be in Miami in May, but we will be in Queens, New York. That's right, Queens. We're coming to you. We're coming to America. No, I'm kidding. We will be coming to Queens. Um, yeah, June that's gonna be 23rd. Big. Yeah, June 23rd through the 27th. So for five days in New York, if you live in the New York City, in the New York area and New York proper, that's Delaware, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, you name it. If you're in that vicinity and you're waiting to see your counselor or you're waiting to get, get a counseling session or you're waiting for your follow-up session, come on in. You walk straight in and you can go, you can go to the website and register for one, or you can go straight in to the, um, to the uh, casino, which is the casino racetrack we'll be at in uh, Queens, New York. But June 23rd through the 27th, I want you to check us out there if you are able to and come right in. So if you've been waiting to see your counselor in that area, in the Northeast area, now is your opportunity to do that. And guess what? It doesn't stop there. From Miami to Queens to Houston to Baltimore and Atlanta, we are we are going to have an event in all of those locations. So you want to know more details about the dates, times, where, and how? Check us out at www.naca.com. Now back to the show. So uh, for those of you who are wanting to call in with your questions for today, you can do so at 833-771-0500. That's 833-771-0500. And guess what? We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can always check out our podcast on those social media platform channels and find out everything you need to know, even on past shows, to get more of your questions answered. But we have now um, Amarellas here, who is a regional director of NACA, handles a multitude of regions and areas. And we have also been graced with the presence of Letitia Jeter, who is also a regional director here at NACA. Wealth of knowledge. These ladies, this is ladies' day. Okay, ladies' Monday. <laughs> this is ladies' day. You are you are in the grace of, of queens here. So we have the queens on the, sta on the stage right now. And Letitia Jeter is here. And Letitia, hi, welcome to the show. Tell us, you know, about the regions that you manage. Hi, my name is Letitia Jeter, and um, I manage now the California region, Arizona, Honolulu, and I cover the entire remote region, which is all over the United States. Love it. Love it. So those of you who are in Indiana, we had some questions once, once, once upon a time from New Mexico, Indiana. I believe I even got Pueblo, Colorado, Omaha, Nebraska. Letitia Jeter is your director 
and she's managing all the counselors who are there getting you intake sessions uh, qualified and ready for home ownership. So as we, we go into the show, let's talk about readiness. And already we have a question for you, ladies. Uh, this is Nisha. Nisha, I'm throwing some hearts up out there. You're the first question of the day. And thank you, Nisha. Nisha is asking, can I remove my spouse from the application? Can she remove her spouse from the application? Amrelis? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, there is a, when you are legally married, you know, whether you live with your spouse or not, we need to run the credit report for both persons because we need to confirm, you know, NACA is a program that is focused in health, low and moderate income. So we, we have millions of members and we need to uh, help everyone. So NACA is not for everyone. See, someone have a house, you know, you cannot buy a house through NACA. So we need to check and verify that any of the spouses is a homeowner. So when you say, you know, your spouse is not living with you or whatever, if you are legally married, if you are legally married, we will have to run the credit report for that person. Afterwards, meaning after we run the credit report and we verify that your spouse doesn't, you know, uh, own any, any property at all, if you can continue as a primary buyer. If he's a household member or could be an ex-household member. That is fine. We continue with you. But the legally, you know, situation between you and an spouse has to be addressed at the beginning of the process because we need to make sure that person does not own a home as much as you don't own a home either. Okay? Okay. So you can okay. remove it later, but we need to confirm that the person does not own a home. Perfect. And Nisha, I hope that answered your question um, about removing your spouse from the application. So thank you, Amarellis, for that. And now we have Wanda. Wanda. And Wanda, throwing up some hearts for you. Thank you for your question. And thank you for uh, being in tuned on the American Dream program. Wanda is asking, so if your husband refuses to come to the appointment, you can't get a house? So basically Wanda is saying, okay, maybe my husband is gun shy or just don't believe in the program or has to work or whatever. He's skeptical. So she's saying she's going to go for it. You know, does he have to come to the, the appointments? We have to pull his credit report at some point in the process. She won't be able to go for it. So even if she came to the first intake and he wasn't available to come to the first intake, the counselor can still pull her credit, give her the information, but we still, her file will still be at a halt until we able to pull her husband's credit to verify that he doesn't have homeownership interest in another property. Okay. Correct. So Wanda, I hope that answered your question. Um, he doesn't have to come to your first appointment and things like that, but eventually he's going to have to come. They can go ahead on and proceed with you and get as far as they can with you. But eventually, in order to make this work, he's going to have to come. And here's the reason why. What happens if he say, well, you get all the way to closing and he says, well, wait a minute. I didn't even know that you were buying a house. I didn't know that, you know, I was going to have to do this or whatever. He could he could plead and say, well, I don't I didn't know any of this was going on. So it, it could get into some legal issues and things like that to us moving and maneuvering without his knowledge. So we really want him to understand and know the process. And he has to give us permission to pull, pull his credit anyway. So it covers you, it covers us, and it makes everything more smooth. Mm -hmm. Hope that helps. If not, reach, reach back out to us. 
Uh, and again, those phone lines are 833-771-0500. That's 833-771-0500. We're waiting for your calls. Uh, let's keep it moving. Geraldine, Geraldine says, and thank you, Geraldine, for, for tuning in. Geraldine said, can I use employment from outside of the U.S. towards my application? It's within the same field, have been in the U.S. for nine months. Mm, that's a good question. Can she, she's is, been in the U.S., but she wants to, she has employment outside of the U.S. So is the question about the employment history as far as the fact that she has history of working in the same field, but somewhere else and will be able to document it for history purposes? Or is she asking if income from outside can be used towards her application? So can she clarify Yes. And Geraldine, she's asking you to clarify it. And I see why she's asking that, because if I read this question, it sounds like you're asking because you want to tie in the employment history and show that there's been no gaps because it's been in the same field. But we, before we answer and give you a truthful answer, we want to make sure you're asking, are you asking about employment history? Can you connect all of that to what you're doing now? Or you're, are you talking about for proof of income? So can you call us back or reach back out to us out there in Facebook and let, or Instagram and let us know, you know, what, what question you're at truly asking here. But Leticia, let's just say she's talking about employment history and there is a gap. And so she's trying to make sure that there's no gap. Can she use that employment history being that it was from outside of the U.S.? Yes, as long as we can document it, we'll give her credit for the history. Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go, Geraldine, as long as you can document it and show proof you get credit. All right. Hope that helps you. So Drea, Drea is saying, is it true a person can apply and be on section eight? Ooh, Drea, I love this question. And it's the correct. answer is? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the answer is yes. We do use housing choice voucher program. We have the hot PHA so we are making people that are on voucher and Section 8 uh, public assistance homeowners because those home on, those rental payments that are being applied to your rental uh, payment, your rent, can also be applied to your mortgage. And it, it's made all possible by using a vehicle such as NAPA. So this is when you have access to the very best. And so if you are on Section 8 or the Housing Choice Voucher, please reach out, get to a counseling, get to a workshop first, and then to your counseling session so your counselor can make sure that you have access to America's Best Mortgage, okay? Hope that answered your question, Drea. We have a phone call here, and let me see if I can get into this. It is saying, can you explain... Okay. They want us to explain what it means, the six-month rule on moving and getting a new lease if I'm moving. So basically they're saying I'm moving. And this is a West Coast too. I'm moving and I, am, I was told that I have to live where I'm moving for six months. So is NACA telling me I have to get, get, a, new, get a lease, a new lease in the new area for six months? And then once I'm approved, cancel the lease. So how does that work? Why do I have to live for six months in a new area where I'm moving? Well, um, first of all, it, she can live six months, but we complete 12 months of rental history. And we can complete it with the time prior in the, in the state she used to live. Now, why we have to be six months? Because 
we are trying to make sure people are not investors. So if somebody is going to move to another state, we want to make sure first of all it's healthy to know if you really like that area. Perhaps you're going to live there six months and you realize that's not the place I want to live, right? Perhaps it's not the state. You need to know that that's exactly you are comfortable with the area. You can buy, uh, um, you know, very good properties for you to buy. It's not just that you just, oh, I want to move to Arizona and I want to buy in Arizona, but it's different just to say it right now. If I say that, I will be scared because I don't know what Arizona has for me. So we recommend our members and we ask for our members to move first six months there to understand how the, you know, the real estate is over there. And if you are comfortable with that, you can get approved and search for a home. That's not a problem. Yep. And, and and that's that's such a good thing to bring out bring out and up Amarellas because here's the thing. Let me play devil's advocate. Suppose I live in the Minneapolis St. Paul area in the Twin Cities, and I was living in Minneapolis, and now I want to move to back home to Wisconsin, which is right next door. And so I've lived there before. I grew up there. I just moved to Minneapolis to to work and things like that. And now, you know what? I think, you know, parents are getting older. I'm going to move back home, help out and things like that. Would I still have to do the six months at that point? Or are there special circumstances, meaning that I know that area that's home for me? I just hadn't been there in a while. They are special. They're exceptions. They're exceptions. And uh, when you, when is your, you know, hometown, when you used to live and you know the people and you have family there and that's the reason you're moving there, that is a good exception, right? The other thing, I, I've seen it in some cases also when the people uh, try to buy a home for retirement. Some people want to buy a home in Miami for retirement. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. want to retire there. So they can right. also explain that very well, that they are retired and they're trying to move to, to Miami, you know, after living in the snow or, or something like that. So there right. are case by case. But what I explained at the beginning is that the general rule for everybody, everyone, right? So that now, if we have this type of exception that makes sense, we can, of course, always uh, look at that and, and make an exception. Yep. Right. And that makes perfectly good sense. So, you know, I hope that answered your question. That was a, a 602. I'm thinking that's Phoenix. I'm not sure. But I hope that answered your question, West Coast. Next question is, okay, and we got tackled with this one last time. So let's see, taxes. Uh, someone is saying, you know what? I owe taxes from 2021. I was working on paying those out. I was on a repayment plan, a payment plan. Now I just found out I owe taxes in 2022 for 2021. So if he was paying taxes in 2021, he owed for 2020. So he, he's on a payment plan for 2021. Now he owes for this year, he, he's on a new payment plan. Will he still be able to go through the process? Current year taxes has to be paid in full. So he could have been on a payment plan arrangement for previous years. So we're in 2022 now. So if he owed for 2021, 2021 taxes have to be paid in full. 2020 and prior years could have been on a payment plan with six months of payments. That is correct. Yep. Wow. So there's no wiggle room around that. For the last tax, uh, you know, return that you have to provide, so they, they need to provide two years, right? The newest one today is the 2021. That cannot be owed. They have to pay off whatever the taxes uh, they owe. Okay. The 2020, in my example today, right? Today, I have to present right. two taxes. 
2021 has to be paid off if I owe any taxes. If I have in 2020 some debts that are in repayment or I'm willing to put it in repayment, I can do that. And that, remember, is going to be a, an extra liability. So watch out your DTI, your debt to ratio, because that liability has to be included. If you have to pay $100 or $200 for that taxes, it's going to be part of the liabilities that we'll, uh, we, we will use to, to you know, examine your debt to ratio if you are still good. But the last, yeah. the, the latest year have to be paid off. Okay, so the latest year. So that means, caller, you're saying you, you just found out. So you just filed your taxes, taxes now. You found out this year that you owe for last year as well. So now you're, you're getting ready to get on a payment plan. So I guess he's trying to find out before he gets on that payment plan, he has to pay that in full. Correct. But he can still owe for 2020. Be yeah. in a repayment plan. Yes. It's not like okay. this is owe have to be in a repayment plan for the 2020. And he has to have at least made six payments, six months of payments. That, that on the too. That too. Yep. Pay oh, wait a minute. Okay. So let's, let's make sure that you, everybody hear this. The current taxes for the current year has to be paid in full. Correct. The most recent the most has recent. to be paid in full. Correct. If you are on a payment plan for previous years, that's acceptable. However, you have to show that you have made at least six months payment on Correct. that claim. Correct. Okay. We're peeling back the layers to this onion, y'all. Yes. We're peeling back the layers on this onion. It's getting stinky in here. I don't like that. Yeah, we, we deal with that every day with all these issues, yes. And, and, and are those common issues that come up quite often, guys? Yeah. Some people, yes. they don't know. They just bring the form, but they don't know about the owing tax, especially self-employment income, not that they need to file taxes and then they find out they owe their own money. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that is a, an issue. The, yeah, I want to say more information, but yes, but I'm going to ask the questions. <laughs> I'm going to answer wow. That's interesting. So, and I'm going to toggle back and forth. I got caller, I got a 713 calling right now. And so just hold tight because Raya came back and thank you, Raya. Rhea is coming back saying, what if you already have a home that you put a deposit on, but want to see if you're eligible for NACA? So it sounds like she has a home that she put a deposit on. That means she's already on contract. She had financing with someone else. She's already under contract. She put money on a house. NACA can't guarantee that we're going to meet the close date because she still has to go through the process of having an intake session, get to underwriting to actually see if her qualification matches what she's been pre-approved for elsewhere that made her go under contract. So it's just going to be a matter of timeline. She can always try and come through, but with the understanding, knowing that we're not guaranteeing that we can meet any close dates or any timeline that she already has set with the contract and the deposit that she has. Okay. So, Ryan, it sounds like the answer is yes. You can always check NACA, and we encourage you to shop around, see what's op what options are out there. That's why you want to get access to the best, you know. And so, having choices and options is always good. So, they're telling you yes, but but if you have put down earnest money or anything like that, and you got timelines that you have to meet, NACA cannot guarantee that they're going to beat the timelines that you're already up against. Is what Miss Jeter is saying. So. Yes, I, clear about that. I, I can add something. 
this all depends between seller and buyer. If they want to, you know, find a way to wait, because I have had it. I, I, I was in a Chicago event one day and somebody came with a contract. Oh, I, am, I have an earnest money, everything. And they want to be qualified. And I say, I cannot guarantee that you will, you know, uh, Leticia say very well, the time. But I did the best to try to qualify, you know, fast and get the contract in and, and get to the bank and get approved. And he closed with us. So he left the other mortgage wherever he was in, in car. But again, you have to work with your counselor if it's possible to go that fast because we do have too many members. <laughs> so we need to find out how, how long it's going to be because there is no guarantee that for the time, for the, for the process in time. Understood. And we do have a lot of members trying to access this program because it is one of the best programs out there. So get in where you can and just hurry up and try to come through so we can see what we're working with, Raya. Simone is back and Simone is asking a question. If my work history shows a one and a half year gap due to pandemic, will that count against me? And that is a great question. I need more information before I can answer that question, right? Because the pandemic affected the entire country, right? So no, we know things happen. Like we're not penalizing anyone that legitimately had a layoff or lost their job due to the pandemic. But there are certain questions we have to find, you know, did you collect unemployment? Are you back at your current employer? Did you get a new job? How long you've been? So there's a lot of other questions that we have to ask before we could give an answer, but we're not penalizing people that have been affected with their employer based on the pandemic. And it's a legitimate, I lost my job because of COVID. Or got Does laid that off. Yes, it makes perfect good sense. And, and I like the way you phrase that answer, uh, Leticia, because you're not going, NACA is not penalizing you because you, you lost employment due to the pandemic, but it's, it's how you recouped from that loss. Are, are you currently working now? And during that loss, did you, how did you stay afloat? Were you on unemployment and you stayed afloat that way? Did anything fall chronic delinquent where it's going to come back and haunt you later and things like that? So those are critical questions that we definitely need to ask so that we can gauge and navigate you through the process. So still come through the process because guess what? It sounds like they're willing to work with you. Hope that helps you, Simone. Lisa, Lisa is asking, is the calculation for determining the max mortgage payment on a multifamily determined by my gross income, the loan limit of a particular area, the fair market rent in that area, and or the census map. So she's trying to understand how do you calculate the max payment on a multi-unit? At NACA, we qualify the borrower for their portion that they're going to be responsible for when purchasing a multi-unit. There's no property attached when you get qualified at qualification. It's not till you actually go out house searching with your realtor and you get the actual MLS listing. And on the listing, it will list what the rents are for the particular units. And then we'll factor that in into the calculation. But as far as like your max affordability, it's your portion of the payment based on your income. So it's not a matter of, the overall being based on your, your, so just for example, if your gross income is just say 5,000 and your max 
is $1,500. You're going to be approved for that $1,500. That $1,500 is not the entire mortgage payment that's on the entire multifamily because the entire multifamily unit payment can be $6,000. But because of the rents that are captured into it, it's just that your portion can't exceed your $1,500 approved PITI. So it's different things that play into it, but it's all about the fair market rent to actually answer your question. What you're going to run. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And when she says PITI, she's meaning principal interest tax and insurance, which is how all NACA mortgages are calculated. We want to include the principal interest tax and insurance on all payments. And that's the safety that's in place that protects you and everyone involved, you know. So I want to make sure that when Letitia is, is saying that, that that is clearly pointed out. Have another caller coming in and don't worry, Lisa, Kiana, Royce, uh, I will definitely get back to you. But we have a, a caller that's coming in that says, should I be concerned about the interest rate and the ability to purchase a home or find a home now, as opposed to waiting until later to see if the interest rate goes back down. And we get that question a lot lately. I know. We do not control the market, right? So NACA have one of the lowest, if not the lowest, interest rate in the market. But it's not, we don't decide that interest rate is is according with the market. So, and also we cannot say if the interest rate is going to continue to go up. And that, in, in that case, if I knew it, I would recommend you the sooner you buy it, the better, right? So we right. do not know. It's, it's, it's a general question for an economist or you know somebody that studied financial. According with the real market this year, definitely due to the inflation, the interest rate is coming up. You know, the Federal Reserve again up uh, uh, half a point again. So that is affecting the general interest rate for every 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 mortgage industry or any bank. Now, there is something that you need to know about NACA. And I always say that because I like that, Angie. Um, there is something very important that NACA does. We never discriminate anybody for their financial situation. It, what I mean for that is, let's say one of you have 800 credit score. That's mm-hmm. wonderful, right? You're going to get the same 4.5 that Angie just say we have right now. Right. And if you have 580 credit score and you get approved, you're going to have the same interest rate. The problem with other financial institutions, they evaluate your credit score. They evaluate oh, how good are you financially. And maybe the person with 800 is going to get a better score than the one with 580. So what I'm trying to explain is, in NACA, you are going to get for sure the interest rate. We have it there if you get approved, right? So right. we're trying to help low moderate income people that have in the past struggling on paying debts and they're trying to, you know, uh, stray up all the all the debts that they have in the past. We help you with that. In NACA, is never no. It's just no now sometimes because we need to do a little more work with you. We are counselors. We are no loan officers. We are counselors. We try to counsel you to become a homeowner in any way. The sooner the better, but it depends up to you as well. And I love the way you phrased that. You phrased it perfectly. At NACA, we don't tell you no. We may say not now. And we may say, you know, 
know the timing, but we figure out a way to get to yes. And that's the beauty of the program. We figure it out. We just figure it out. The key is, and what these ladies continue to reiterate in their own way is getting all the information that you possibly can give uh, to your counselor, having that relationship with your counselor, where your your counselor is almost like your attorney, you know, it's it's not going to be used against you to tell your counselor everything, but you need to tell your counselor and disclose everything to your counselor so that they can figure out the workarounds or how to get to yes for you. So be, be connected with your counselor so that you can get all of your questions answered, ask everything, feel comfortable enough doing so. And this way, everything at the end will end up as a beautiful success story of home ownership. We are at the half point uh, time here where the time uh, where we're halfway through the show, www.naca.com for all your NACA needs. And you can reach out to us and call us at 833-771-0500. And as always, we are on all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can get your questions answered as well. Let's keep it moving, ladies. We have Kiana that's wanting to talk about um, the tax tax. Uh, bracket. She and, and thank you for your question, Kiana. Kiana asked, how is non-taxed income calculated? My husband is a vet and receives disability monthly. I know using the VA loan, they gross up his income by 25% for the calculation purposes. Is that the same with NACA? Yep. He's absolutely there you go, same. Kiana. That's exactly the same for NACA. Your, your question was very detailed. Thank you about thank you for that. And the answer is yes. NACA uses the same calculation, right, ladies? Yes. 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 Moving on, Royce. Royce is saying, and thank you for your question, Royce. Royce is saying, I lived in LA previously and currently worked there remote, remote from Texas. Can I purchase there without waiting six months? So I used to work in LA previously. He now works still with that company, but he works on a remote basis, but he's in Texas. Can he purchase in LA? That's a good one. Well, the question is, he's going to live in LA? That's what he wants to live, number one? He's gonna live in LA, he's gonna purchase in LA. He currently still works for the same company, but he's working remote. He's just working remote from Texas. Can he, well, he wants to move back to LA, so can yeah, he remote, in LA? Remote uh, it works, it's, it's, it's very strict to prove, you know? There are people that are temporary remotely for a certain time. It has to be a, a strong letter from the, for the employer that the person is 100% remotely. And the reason, you know, he's moving to the state where he wanna live is because it's, it's his hometown. Yeah, but he has to have something from the employer that his job is 100% remotely. That happens a lot that people say it's remote, but some it's not really remote. It's, you know, uh, we need to know that, that it's exactly. 100% remotely. Okay, perfect. How long ago did he live in LA? Yeah, so too. LA 30 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, he might need to get re-familiar with the area as well. That so correct. Yep. We would just need a little bit more information about the time frame of how long ago it was that he lived in LA as well. And Royce is asking another question. Thank you, Royce. Are there any limitations with grossing up non-taxable income? 
as long as you don't file it on your taxes, it's still it's the same 1.25. We is no in between or nothing higher than that. That's just the norm. But it has to be that you're not filing taxes on it. Yes. Okay. If, if they are filed, is that we cannot gross up. But if they don't file taxes, we can gross up. That's the team. Makes sense. And Mo, thank you, Mo, for your question. He said, I have a question. This program is this program for low income, correct? Yes. How low can the income be? Mo say, how low does it have to be to come through the program? And he say, how low can I go? As long as it's not zero. No, let me stop. I mean, you have to have some type of income, right? The lower the income is, it's just going to be the lower the affordability. Your income just determines how much house you can buy. So even if you came in and you're on a fixed income, hypothetically speaking, and say your fixed income is $500 and say that your ratios only says that you can afford a mortgage payment of $120. You can only find a house for $120 a month, keeping in mind that $120 has to include principal, interest, taxes, insurance. And if there's homeowners association in that area, all of that has to fit into the payment. So the lower your income is just the less house that you're going to be able to afford. Yes, and we know we clarified that we don't have the lowest income. I mean, everybody is welcome here as long as you have an income, but you're going to be qualified based on that monthly amount that you receive, a percentage of that, like uh, Leticia make an example. That's it. So it's not about your income, it's about what do you want and how much your affordability is based on your income. Wow. And so... I guess, let me, and, and Mo, thank you for that question because I'm sure people want to know NACA is a, a program that is geared for their target market, which is low to moderate income families. And so I guess Mo is trying to figure out, should I even decide to come to this program? My income may be low or someone I know may have really, really low income, but I want them to try this and come through the program. And to Letitia's point, just try it and go through it to see what you get qualified for. You will never, never know unless you try. Nothing beats a failure but a try, you know? And so you'll never know what, what you can, what opportunities are out there. I had someone here in Houston that got approved and they got approved for a payment of $4.93 uh, per month. And that was principal interest. Well, no, it's 505. 505, and that was the principal interest tax and insurance. And they was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to find nothing for that. And they did. They found a beautiful brand new town home. And though it may not have been a single standalone home, but this is their first starter home. And it was great. And it single guy, it worked out just beautifully for him. And it was a town home. And to this day, he still loves that town home. He's still in it, lives in it. And he, he tells me all the time, it was the best choice he ever made because it was his starter home. And guess what he found out? He don't really like all the keeping up of the yard. And he, he got some, there's a company that comes out and take care of all the common areas for him and things like that. So he actually got, it was a blessing in disguise. If a, if a blessing should and shouldn't be disguised, that's a different story. But it was a blessing to him because he found out he likes that type of living and it worked out fine. And he still has a piece of the American dream. He still owns his home. So I love it. Miss Antoinette? So, yes. Christine, my email is L-G-E-T-E-R at NACA.com. Based on your particular situation and your circumstance, if you can send me an email directly at that email address, I'll be more than willing to 
assist you with your particular issue. Once again, my email is L-G-E-T-E-R at NACA.com. And that's for Christine. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Christine, I hope that that helped answer your question. I was coming to you soon, but that thank you, Jeter. Thank you, Leticia. That that helped. And Mo, I hope that I hope we were able to answer your question as it relates to the low-income program. You know, how low can it be? Mo is also asking if you have credit card debt, will that get in the way of getting a house? No, it'll just affect your ratio. So the pet we look. You have an overall credit balance, but it's about the monthly payment. So depending on how much your monthly payment is in conjunction to your monthly gross income, the credit card debts will just affect the ratios. So if, even if your credit card overall balance is $100,000, we're looking at the monthly payment on the $100,000. Granted, we'll still make sure that you're not increasing your credit card debt balances while coming through the program. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollars is a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the monthly payment is what you have to look at it. I, I have an example that I heard a conversation between a counselor and a member, and the counselor was telling the, the debt ratio was too high. So the liabilities, the monthly payment was like eighteen hundred. So the debt ratio was forty nine. Was too high. It cannot be more than forty percent, considering the whatever is for the housing and the debts. So keep, keep telling the member, you have to lower, uh, you know, pay off your balance. It was a $175,000 student loan. And the member was saying, but I don't have the money to pay that off, not even oh, the half. When the real counseling was, you need to change the monthly payment. What happened, the monthly payment for a student loan, 1300 was too high. Uh, you can divide that amount for 300 months and, and, and the payment could be 500, 800. It's not up to us. But you can tell, you know, the, the person can go to the creditor and try to find um, a lower monthly payment that will improve your debt to ratio. Like Leticia is saying, what is going to be the monthly payment, the one who affects that. If your mm -hmm. debt ratio is too high and you need to pay off a credit card just to lower that liability, you might be able to do it, right? So it depends. Right. Maybe you don't have any debt. You, you debt $50, $100 per month on credit card. That's not a problem at all. That's fine. You, you will not affect your ratios at all. So it depends. Right. That makes perfect sense. And so we're getting, hold on, we are getting all kinds of, of questions here. And we are still on taxes, ladies and gentlemen. People are still, the questions are flowing about taxes. So we got a caller that's calling in about uh, our answer that we gave earlier on the tax question. And he, they're saying, okay, I understand you're saying I have to pay the most recent taxes in full, which means I just found my 2022. I have to pay 2021 in full. I still owe for 2020 and I'm on plan, have paid six months towards that plan. But for me to pay current taxes, I must use my minimum required funds. Is that going to be a problem? Dead silence. The answer is yes. 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 The minimum requirement fund has to be in the in the file to get approved. Yes. Yeah. So so I'm feeling this 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 member's pain here 
because basically they're trying to make a decision on, they really want to go through the NACA program. They're trying to make this work. They know they owe the taxes. That's no argument there. They're not arguing that. They're trying to figure out a way to make it work and still be in compliance. They're, they're realizing they have to make this payment right now and be current. But in order to do that, they've been saving all their minimum required funds. So I guess what the, the, what the regionals are saying, caller, is that in order to, to qualify, you do have to have your minimum required funds. But if you pull away from those funds to pay your taxes, we understand you had to do that because now you, you want to be current on your taxes. But in order to do that, now you've got to start over trying to save up funds for your minimum required funds. And NACA's not telling you no. That's just, Amarellis just said it clearly. That just means you can't continue to do it. You can continue, but it's just not now. You need more time to save your minimum required funds because you had to pull from those funds to, in order to pay your taxes. And, and, Does that and make always, sense? I don't want to recommend, but the gift is always an option, no? for even for minimum requirement funds. Some people have the pleasure of, you know, or the bless to have a father or somebody that want to help and it's something that could work in this case. But not everybody has that access. But we do right. accept uh, that you receive a gift for someone and it has to be very well documented. Never cash, never cash. Never cash, but have you can receive a gift. check or something, okay? So, so a gift can come in the form of a money order, check, yes. cash app. So can, you know, you know track that come from another financial institution, yes. We just want to make sure that a lot of the, we can't, sometimes we can't just give you a blanket answer because we have to see the file and we have to look at things in full detail, right? So based on what you guys are advising, I mean, we can give you answers, but you can have other things. You can have 401ks, you can have oh, stocks, you can have money markets, you can have other sources of income that you can be using to pay off your tax debt. So yes, the current year taxes has to be paid in full. Yes, it might affect your minimum required funds, but without us actually looking at your file and seeing, it might not affect it the way that you think it's going to affect it. Because in the in the aspect of, say you're a person that's trying to buy a multifamily house, for example, right? We ask for reserves for months of mortgage payments. So your minimum required fund can say you need $25,000, but it's because of that $25,000, we're looking for six months of the entire PITI to be, to be shown that you have it in the event that you have tenants. So if you're one of the people that work putting in extra reserves for multifamilies or different things without us actually looking at your file, if you paid your taxes, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to actually affect your minimum required funds. I hope I'm not confusing you and I'm making sense in what I'm saying. Yeah, each case, each case have a different point that we need to, that's why you have a counselor in a one-to-one. Right. -one. This is a general answer, but every case have a different situation. And that's what I got out of Letitia's answer. Her yeah. answer is geared towards basically saying, you know what, this is case by case and there's a formula and a method to it. And you just got to work with your counselor to see how your particular situation will pan out financially or economically, so to speak. Love that answer. Thank you. Veronica is asking, if you are under contract and have paid your earnest money and you're pre-approved with another lender, will NACA still require payment shock? NACA's NACA. 
That is correct. NACA's requirement is NACA's requirement. Even though another lender approved you, they approved you under their requirements and their policy and their program. NACA doesn't work with any, any other banking program. NACA is NACA. Their policy and compliance and, and requirement is their own. And you would still have to fall under their uh requirement in order to get qualified. Ladies, did I do a good job? In you answering? answered the question and yes, that's correct. Yep. You answered the question perfectly. My, perfectly only question, well. my only question to her question would be, is she already going through the NACA process? And she's saying that the fact that she put down the earnest deposit is what affected her payment shock savings for that particular month. Or is she just asking in general so because Veronica, if it's an instance in a situation she, where she's already coming yes. through the NACA process and she just went shopping and looking at her other options and based on our timeline and her timeline, it just didn't match up and she dipped into her payment shock savings for that particular month to put the one-time lump sum deposit on her EMD, then we will yes, look at right. that and I penalize her for that. But I just wanted to get clarity as to what she was asking because I can look at that two different ways if I'm making mm -hmm. sense. Yes, yes, it makes good sense. And I like the way you gave the scenario. So Veronica, hit us back up before timeout. We got 10 minutes before the show is out so that we can get clarity to better answer your question. So moving on, we got a few more and I hope we're able to finish them. So let me let me stop and keep going. Uh, Janelle is saying, hi, Janelle. Janelle is saying, how do student loans work with the process? I am on an IDR plan. Do you look at that or at the student loan amount as a whole? The IDR as long as not a zero. The IDR, Janelle, as long as it's not a zero. So we took care of that one. I love that answer. That was good. CJ is asking questions. I use I use my credit card to pay for all my bills for the month and pay down monthly. All this is included in my budget. Will this count against me as in as a as increasing my credit card debt? I use the I use the rewards, but pay off monthly a nine balance on my on my card. If he keep the balance in zero after the uh, at the end of the month, that's okay. He need to prove that with the credit card statements, right? So I know many people use the credit card to 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 earn rewards. So they pay a lot of the expenses with a credit card, but at the end of the month they pay off with it. So we can see that from your bank account, you are paying off the credit card. And that will be fine. That 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 uh, if you, and you keep as long as you keep it in zero. Now, if you keep it a little more, we use the monthly payment. But still, okay. we want to know that you are paying the credit card off, so that will just count as ex, as an expenses, no 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 debts, right? So right. just expenses, yes. So CJ, you know, I hope that answered your question. If you're keeping those balances down, the best thing to do. Uh, instead of going into detail, the best thing to, to do is make sure you bring all your credit card statements with you to your counseling session so that your counselor will see proof of all those payments that you are paying Correct. and managing your expenses successfully. Even though you're using your credit cards, you're able to manage. So bring those statements to your counseling session with you so that your counselor can take a look at it. I'm going to toggle down because Veronica did come back. Thank you for saying too, Veronica. And she wanted to clear up her question um, and her question, her previous question about the earnest money that she put down and got pre-approved through NACA with another lender and things like that. Leticia, her answer says, yes, I am a NACA member. I put $15,000 earnest money down and wanted to know if I would be penalized 
also paid $2,400 in past taxes. No, we're not going to penalize her. So Veronica, no, you will not be penalized. And I love that answer. That was a positive answer we're looking for. So I hope that helped you. And if you need more, we're here for you. Mercedes, Mercedes want to talk about grants. Can you use a grant when trying to obtain your minimum required funds? Does this cause a hard pull on your credit? Every grant program has their own requirements and their own stipulations and things that they use. So I don't know what particularly your grant in your area would require as far as, you know, if they hard pulled incomes. So that's, that's something outside of NACA. So whatever the grant company requires, that's something that you would have to follow. And we won't hold that again to if when you was going through the process, you had a grant person because they required and they pulled your credit report and we saw the inquiry. That's just the requirement of the grant funding. So we can't control those. Now, as far as your minimum required funds, Minimum required funds are something that you would need before you get qualified proof up. And nine times out of 10, the grants are using money for your down payment, your closing costs, your things of that nature. So your minimum required funds should come from your own funds, whether it's your 401k, your stocks, your bonds, your savings, but not grant funds. Okay. Makes sense. Okay, now let's get back to, I want to make sure I get Amber's question. Did I get Amber's question in there? I know I got Mercedes about grants. Amber, let me take care of you now. We have way more saved than the minimum required funds. That's a blessing. Congratulations, Amber. But our payment shock is $1,200. Is it possible to use the payment shock to pay debt and still have it count as the payment shop for the current month. One month of payment shop would put off, would pay off, excuse me. One month of, of payment shop would pay off a credit card in full. So would it help our debt ratio since there will be no more monthly payment on that credit card? She's thinking smart, I can tell you that. She's trying to be creative. Yes, she can do that. We consider so, any, the payment shock is a payment shock. It's something that you say to prove yourself that you can pay that amount mostly. Remember, NACA does not approve you for a mortgage amount. NACA approves you for a mortgage payment. So you're proving yourself that however, in this particular case, you're trying to use that money to pay off a debt. As long as it's to pay off a debt, that is good. It's gonna play in two times good for you. You're gonna pay off your debts and you're gonna decrease your liabilities. But remember, when we run your credit report again, we need to see that your total summary has, you know, decrease your balance are, yeah. are lower that way we can count uh, that 1200 would use it wisely yes i love that I, I like the way she's thinking she's trying to get it off and trying to get more buying power and get her ratio uh more sustainable i like that and i commend once, you once you pay that credit card zero that credit card balance down to zero out of sight, out of mind. Do not charge back the credit card debt the next month because you just try to use it to pay it down for this one month and say, my payment shock savings went to decreasing my credit card balances. Once you pay it off mm -hmm. and we give you back that credit, do not use that credit card anymore. Exactly. exactly. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great answer. Good, good, healthy advice. That's financial counseling to it to the fullest. So CJ is asking, CJ say, can the money coming directly out of my paycheck going to my 403B be counted along 
with what I'm saving monthly towards my payment shop. And it sounds like he wants it, the one that's going to his savings plan be counted as his payment shop. And I don't think you can do that because I think all, all you know, payment shock and member required funds and all of that needs to be liquid. But I, I don't know. You guys would know better than me. Can you repeat his question? I'm so sorry. I will do that. Yes, I certainly can. Can the money coming directly out of the, my paycheck that's going to my 403B be counted along with what I'm saving monthly towards my payment shop? Yes. Yes. As long as it's as long as the voluntary and not the mandatory one. Exactly. So people that work for the government on uh, and some other have two types. They have one that mandatory that the employer forces them to do, and that one we cannot use towards payment shop. But as long as it's the voluntary one, then yes, we can use that in conjunction to what they're saving in the bank for payment shop savings. Yeah. We All try right. to use it, we try to do it through the income, but some people really save, you know, significantly good amount of voluntary, like, like Leticia yeah. said, to, you know, there are also a health uh, saving uh, program that they save. We can use that as a part of the payment shop as long as it's voluntary, meaning, right. you know, there is an extra saving for them. Yeah, we can use it. Right. All right. And ladies, I know you don't believe this, but we got one last question and then that's all we can take at this time. Kimberly, you got the last question and Kimberly is saying, can you pay the difference of what you're approved for with NACA and the price of the home? So if NACA approves me for 200,000 and the house is 250,000, can I pay the difference and get that house? As long as you do not exceed the conforming loan limits. So if you're conforming loan limits is 484 and say the house is being put on the market for 550 and you want to get the 550 house and you want to bring it down to the 484, no. As long as it's below the conforming loan limits and that's the choice that you would like to make, you have that option. You just can't exceed the conforming loan limit. Yeah. All and also right. The market value might be a, a, a play there if a, as long as it's, you know, in the market value that the, the, the house is a pressure. So, right. yeah. So, so Kimberly, the answer is yes, you, you can. Letitia Jeter and Amarillis, our subject matter experts here of the day, has given you the tools you need to succeed in home, owning your dream home, powered and made possible, accessible through NACA. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ladies Monday, and we have ended the show. I want to thank you guys. This has been great, Letitia Jeter and Amarillis Wise who are our regional directors here at NACA. I want to thank you for your time. I know that you ladies are busy running your departments, your staff, and these ladies are hiring, guys. If you want to know more about jobs at NACA, just check us out at www.naca.com. And guess what? We will be running through our Miami event. We will be running daily podcasts. So check us out. Always reach out to us on our Facebook channels, our platforms, or any of our social media platforms. Check us out because we are going to be running podcasts live in full effect right there from Miami. So don't see me there. Beat me there. On, a, on NACA's American Dream Program. Look forward to seeing you soon. Take care, everybody. Mask up and stay safe. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.